Welcome to Conversations with Leaders, where we talk with cloud leaders from commercial enterprises to the public sector, hearing their perspectives on innovation at scale when it comes to people, culture, and organization. Welcome to Conversations with Leaders. My name is Jake Burns, and I am an AWS Enterprise Strategist. Joining me now is Mark Webster. Mark, thank you for taking some time to talk with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me. So uh, I am a director of product here at Adobe focused on voice experience design. Uh, my background is in digital product design. I've been mostly a designer uh, for most of my career, though I'm also a developer. Uh, and when I uh, first got introduced to, to Alexa, I was pretty excited about the possibilities of it. I was actually um, one of the first 300 skill makers on Alexa, and now a world, I think, of 100,000. Um, and as I was doing it, I realized that I uh, was doing it completely as a developer and as a designer. I didn't have access to the medium of voice in my work. Uh, so I started a company called SaySpring, which was a uh, voice design and prototyping platform specifically for designers. And the goal was really to help designers use voice and craft what the ultimate user experience was going to be prior to developing anything, which is how we create uh, digital products and mediums like web and mobile. So it was really kind of taking that workflow and bringing it over to voice. Uh, and really early on in the Say Spring journey, uh, I had an opportunity to meet Koi Vin here at Adobe, uh, who's the, the lead designer on Adobe XD, and who immediately shared the vision for what Say Spring was trying to do and the impact that power voice would have on, on digital experience design. Uh, and so, you know, we continued to talk and an opportunity came up for us to actually join Adobe. Uh, it was interesting when we first met Adobe, when we were starting SaySpring, a lot of people would refer to our customers and users as developers, even though we were a design tool. Uh, and nobody at Adobe ever did that. Uh, everyone at Adobe <laughs> always referred to them as designers. Uh, so I think our, our entire team kind of felt like we had met our people. Uh, and so we had joined Adobe in, in 2018. Uh, and since then, we've been focused on, on bringing voice technology and voice capabilities to the creative community, starting with a bunch of work that we did in our design and prototyping tool, Adobe XD. That's great. So um, how do you see voice technology changing the design process? I think there's two pieces to it. So at Adobe, we think of voice impacting the design process from two angles. So we bucket it in creativity. How do we give the creative community access to the medium of voice to bring voice to their work and their products for their customers and users? And then productivity, how do we think about voice within the Adobe world to make our products more accessible, easier to use, uh, faster and more efficient to use? And so since our team joined Adobe, we've been primarily focused on the creativity piece. So thinking about how what makes for a good user experience that incorporates voice. From a design process standpoint, the, the fundamental thesis behind SaySpring, and which has kind of become the foundation of our work here at Adobe, is the belief that what we've learned for what makes good digital design process for any medium of ideation, uh, quick iterative design, proto interactive prototyping, getting it in front of users and stakeholders, getting feedback, making changes on that design, and, and going through that process over and over before you start any development. 
that was the foundational principle behind Spring and now our work at Adobe that as unique as voice is in some ways, what we've learned about digital design process applies to voice as well. And so I think in the beginning, let's say the new voice renaissance started around 2015. Uh, what we saw was a lot of developer-led uh, voice technology projects. And that's very similar to what we saw in web and in mobile, that typically the people who have access to the technology, uh, which is usually developers in the beginning of a medium, are the ones that influence what the experience is going to be. But over time, the importance of a good user experience and the, important of the, the, the importance of the design process uh, becomes your competitive advantage, becomes the big differentiator, and becomes the big sort of indicator of whether or not your product will be successful. Uh, and so voice is sort of the same thing. So uh, having a good design process, we bring voice early on into the process, interact with it, get everybody to understand what the process is or what the experience is going to be before developers are involved, before you've invested a lot in the creation of it, is super important. And so that is what we've been focused on primarily is how do we give people access to voice, both from voice input and then synthesized speech output to use in all of their digital experiences. So that might be creating something like an Alexa skill for Alexa. Uh, it may be adding voice input into just the search experience like Spotify has done in their mobile app. Uh, or it may be using synthesized speech as part of output in a mobile experience, like when I'm in an Uber or a Lyft and the driver starts the ride and it says, you know, dropping off Mark. So the ability to think about where voice makes sense in digital experience, whether it's voice only or whether it complements the rest of the experience, uh, I think is something that designers are going to need to figure out. And we're still going to have to figure out what all the best practices are, when to use it, when not to use it, what it's good for. So it still feels like we're kind of in the early days of, of defining those standards. Right. What, and what's the biggest challenge in all of this? I mean, is it the technology? Is it getting people used to using voice interfaces? Um, where, where do you see kind of the, some of the biggest challenges that you're, that you're seeing? So depending upon your, your view on the technology and how you implement it, it feels like the technology is not the biggest piece or not the biggest challenge. So right now, you know, we're in a world where everybody has access to world-class speech-to-text and text-to-speech services through the cloud to incorporate into any experience. And so speech recognition and, spe and synthesized speech are the kind of the best they've ever been and, you know, highly accurate and, and a great experience. Uh, the piece that happens in the middle around sort of natural language processing and making sure that the speech from the user is structured in the way that you can understand it, like that's a challenge and that will continue to evolve. Uh, people, I think, are getting more and more used to using voice, right? So most of us have these devices or, or voice interfaces on our phones now that we use and you start to understand what voice is good at. And sometimes you have to over enunciate and, and change the way you speak. Um, and I think the the stigma around speaking to something uh, felt much, much bigger in 2016, maybe than it does now. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of that sort of social stigma and awkwardness uh, for the most part has gone away for, for people who've been using them for a, a little bit. But I think it really comes down to what makes for good 
voice design? And to be honest, like, I don't even think we know, right? I think in the world of UI and UX in other digital mediums, you know, we have decades of experience at this point. We have lots of UI UX convention. Um, you know, I know on mobile, I can use pull down to refresh. I know what buttons look like. I know what swiping is. I know what, you know, hamburger menus are. Uh, so we have a lot of stuff to use. And for voice, uh, I don't I don't think we have best practices. You know, I think that mm. there are suggestions of s- sort of what in this short time frame people have seen work and, and um, building on top of that. But for the most part, it feels like when we're starting with voice, we're starting from scratch. As a user, when I start using a voice experience, I have no context of what it can do, how to navigate through menus if there are menus, right? How to invoke help when I need help contextually. Uh, I think from a, an experience point of view, it still feels kind of the Wild West. Uh, and so yeah. I think I think that what's going to push it forward is, you know, to, to a man with a hammer, everything's a nail. And so I think design tools <laughs> are a big solution to a lot of experience problems. But I do think that the creative community having access to voice technology... Uh, is going to help the community themselves define what makes good experiences and what works. I don't think, you know, any any company, you know, especially a company like Adobe is going to be the one to to dictate what works and what doesn't work. Uh, But, you know, if you think of something like pull down to refresh in mobile, you know, it was uh, created by a creator in an app for Twitter that Twitter ended up purchasing, that Twitter then brought into their native mobile experience that then lots of other mobile products, and now even you know Chrome on mobile has pulled down to refresh. And so it now becomes a convention that anybody can use in any mobile experience. And so I think we just need more of that. I think we need m- more designers trying more things and sort of the best experiences bubble up to the top. Uh, and then the rest of the community has those things to work off of. So that feels like the mm-hmm. biggest challenge, just getting, getting those conventions uh, created, not only so designers have them to use and have a toolkit to rely on, but also so that users understand every time they walk into a voice-powered experience what they can do and and how to navigate through it. Mm -hmm. Right. So having developers kind of eat their own dog food and kind of use the voice interface themselves and maybe learn from that. Yeah. I mean, I think one one of the interesting things about voice specifically is most of most of the people working in voice started their experience with voice as a user, right? So mm-hmm. they got the device early. They were an early adopter to smart speakers, or they may have been leaning into, you know, assistance on the on mobile. Uh, and so that's kind of where we learned um, what that user experience is like. And then now we're bringing it to. Uh, actually creating those experiences and thinking about, you know, how, how much can we learn from being our own user? But then also at times, like, when are we held back from thinking about what is possible with voice and what isn't, you know, I think we hear the critique a lot that voice is only going to be good for, you know, asking for the weather and requesting music, uh, because those experiences are kind of ultimately search experiences and search felt pretty easy to translate to voice. Uh, but I think bringing other experiences into voice is going to take a lot more creativity and a lot more work. And so it's easy to feel like you're held back. It's easy to think that the medium in and of itself has some limitation. 
And it reminds me of, you know, when mobile came out and everyone was like, what are you really going to be able to do on a 300 pixel widescreen? <laughs> right. And then it changed the world. <laughs> and so it feels like we're kind of at that, that point with voice where uh, it feels like the medium it, it has some limitation, but I think the, uh, us kind of eating our own dog food is both a, a blessing and a curse when it comes to pushing the medium forward. Right. Well, you know, voice, obviously, it's the most natural interface that humans have, right? So it's kind of interesting to to kind of face those um, those challenges and those, um, you know, opinions of like, oh, it can only do this or can only do search when we, we use voice for everything, right? When we're interacting with other humans, or at least up until very recently, that was our only option. Yeah, and I think, I think that in and of itself is also kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Because uh, obviously... All business used to get done through voice, right? Before we had computers and phones on our desk. Um, but there's also a ton of expectation baked into voice and, and how another talking to a device is not necessarily the same as talking to a person, right? And there's a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of voice interfaces are designed with the metaphor of a human like conversation, which creates a lot of expectation in that I think this thing should just work from a designer or developer standpoint, right? It, it, makes you think that something like onboarding isn't important because we don't start conversations with onboarding, but we do start mobile experiences or enterprise SaaS products with onboarding. And so maybe voice applications actually require a little bit more onboarding in order to unlock all the intuitiveness and effectiveness of using voice as an interface. Uh, but it is so natural to us to begin with that I think, again, sort of we may be limiting our own the own limits of like what this medium can do because mm -hmm. we think it should just be like talking to a person. Right. Very interesting. So if, if you were to give advice to designers uh, who are trying to incorporate voice into their current design workflows, what would be, what, what would you tell them? Uh, first appreciate that when it comes to voice, you know, nothing <laughs> and nobody else <laughs> does either. Right. That it is, that so much of the design work that we do uh, is we have a lot of history and, and convention, even, you know, in a number of years, but we have a lot to lean back on. Uh, but when it comes to voice, we don't. And it's funny, I meet a lot of designers and a, a lot of them will start a conversation with apologizing that, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm new to this or, you know, oh, I've only been doing this for like a year or two. Uh, when the reality is most people have, you know, unless you've been yeah. working on IVR systems for the last 25 years, chances are you're new to voice. And the entire world of voice, in my opinion, is completely new in the last, say, five years, right? So even the lessons you learned in, you know, 2000 about what makes a good IVR system, I don't think is necessarily applicable to, to the current world. And so right. I think understanding that there's going to be a lot of discomfort that it's going to take a lot of trial and error uh, and that you do, you just need to start, right? That you just need to get your hands dirty. You need to start creating stuff and interacting with it and showing it to people and that there is going to be a lot of failure and trial and error up front, uh, but that nobody knows what makes great experiences. And I think that there's a huge opportunity to be a UX designer uh, or to be a creative who is early to this space and understands it, not just from what makes 
just a great Amazon Alexa experience, maybe in, in just that medium, but of just the power of voice and speech and all digital experiences and, and understanding how you can integrate that into all these experiences across mediums. I think it's just a huge opportunity for designers to build up their expertise to help drive their careers. So, you know, I would, my advice would be get started, get started now, uh, expect a lot of discomfort. Uh, but at the end of it, I think there's going to be a lot of upside for the medium, the community, and for you as an individual. Yeah, definitely. The, the opportunity to kind of shape the industry and be, you know, one of the, one of the pioneers, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, I'm at Adobe working on voice and my experience with voice is about four years old, right? So <laughs> I think there's a, there's an opportunity to, I get, yeah, exactly. I'm a veteran at this point. <laughs> Um, talking about the end user, um, it seems like this has a lot of opportunity to, to impact the uh, end user experience. Um, what have you seen so far in terms of uh, the, how the end user experience is, is evolving? Yeah, I think that when the end user experience evolves in the right direction, it's because somebody built it in the right context and understood what the, user, the end user was trying to get done. So, uh, for example, there's a there's a company called Realware who's built a, a helmet that has a little visual display that sits in front of one eye and it has a voice input. And so they understand that that experience needs to be hands-free, that it's going to be in an allowed environment, that it doesn't need to be conversational, that somebody is just trying to get something done. And because it's their work, they're going to learn how to use it, right? So it doesn't need to be wildly intuitive. It needs to be efficient. So I think that's a good example of the end user, you know, and now you have people walking around construction sites and warehouses who are talking to this display uh, in a way that almost feels like the future when you have an opportunity to witness it. Uh, And it's an amazing end user experience because they understood who the user was and why. You know, I think of something like... uh, Let's say there's like a patient room at a hospital, right? And there may be an end user who's the patient who's sitting in the hospital bed and needs to call out to somebody to uh, get some assistance or change the channel or change uh, the bed, right? That that experience feels like an assistant metaphor makes sense. Uh, and they're not going to spend a lot of time learning how to use this thing. And they're optimized for ease of use over efficiency, and so that experience for them should be designed as a human-like assistant that's perhaps conversational and easy to talk to. Uh, but if a nurse or a doctor walks into the room and they want to transcribe notes really quickly, that experience is going to be optimized for efficiency. They're going to rattle off mm. keywords and notes to then transcribe. Uh, and it's going to be a much more efficient process for them. And they'll get what they want out of that experience and the patient will get what they want out of the experience, but it was designed very differently, right? So I think the experience right. for the end user all depends on whether or not the experience was designed for them. And when it is, people love voice. We did a study at Adobe of a thousand uh, different voice users and 94% of people said that using voice technology improved the quality of their life. 
which is a pretty high bar, it feels like, for an experience. Um, But, you know, when it works, it works. Right. It sounds it sounds like you're saying, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, that the the interface needs to be kind of what people already expect and kind of how they're already communicating, um, you know, with humans. Um, But on the other hand, to to really um, use it to its full potential, people are going to have to challenge it and kind of, you know, um, think about using it in new ways. Is that would you say that's accurate? It is right. I think that voice technology is different than a voice assistant. And even when it comes to a voice assistant, whether or not you personify that assistant and give it a, a human-like name and have the a conversational experience with it, like that is a design approach, right? And so I think being open to different design approaches, depending upon what the experience is, and sort of unbundling the assistant, right? Of There are times when voice input is going to be really helpful, but an app doesn't need speech output as part of it, or sometimes it does, right? And thinking a lot about what is the user trying to accomplish? Where is voice going to be, voice input or speech output going to be helpful in creating a better experience? And frankly, just being more creative about what you have available to you as, as a creator or a designer and what you're trying to help the user get done. Yeah, that that, make, that makes a lot of sense. That's it's really exciting to think about. So, Mark, uh, we're just about out of time. I want to really thank you for for um, for joining us, and um, I'd like to um, invite everyone to join us for the, our second part of this series, uh, "Voice of the Impact on the Business." Uh, so, please join us next time. See you then.